Hey, Lowell listeners, if you're looking for something just a little bit different in your Irish merch, why don't you head on over to the HLS store? You can reach it by going to herloyalsons.com slash store. Check out all kinds of different designs for t-shirts, masks, children's apparel, sweatshirts, stickers, magnets, you name it. Our T Public stores probably have it. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com slash store. Welcome to another HLS Repap Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tax. And as always, you can catch us live over here on twitch.tv slash Sons. And you can also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Come join the HLS community over in Discord. That is our live chat channel. And of course, you can always find us at our home at herloyalsons.com. And typically, this is when I bring in Shane. But if you are live with his, us here on twitch.tv slash your little sons, you will notice uh, the spot over to my right is vacant. Um, I, w- I got a chance to chit chat with Shane right before uh, went on the air. We're scheduled to be together and, and do the show as normal. Uh, but as 2020 often does, it brings up things that we don't see coming, brings up emergencies. And there was one that Shane had to attend to. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to get him back soon. But he's got some stuff to take care of. Uh, a lot more important than a silly football podcast. But I am here for said football silly podcast, so I apologize that we were talking before the last recap show that didn't even work for going on Twitch, that we were kind of doing things old school. We didn't have the video medium to work with. Well, now we're going super old school right now where I'm rolling here without a co-host whatsoever. So um, we're going to be doing that. And much like last week. We are going to do uh, things a little bit different in terms of recapping because now uh, Notre Dame season is officially in the books. A lot of seasons are coming to an end. Next week is the last, you know, for all intents and purposes, the, the last regular season week that matters for teams. And then we go and focus on the hardware. It is going to be championship weekend for all the conferences. And then, of course, we will have all the bowl games, New Year's Six playoffs. Everything will be decided soon after. So because we are at the end, let's go ahead and focus on on what is basically at the end here. Not that there wasn't, you know, other good things to talk about or other fun games around here, but really try to have the laser focus as far as what's going on around college football, how it affects Notre Dame, the ACC championship game, Notre Dame's playoff hopes, which are still very, very strong right now. But that's that's kind of how we're going to do this show today. So we're actually going to start in a very different spot than we have. Typically, the group of five is is like reserved for the end of the show. We want to say, hey, you should at least pay attention to these teams because they're probably going to end up in the playoff rankings. Well, if you remember the HLS uh, picks podcast that we had uh, back on Wednesday, if you were live Thursday on the pod, uh, Eddie and I were talking about one game that we were pretty sure was going to get canceled. And we talked about what would probably go on around it if it were. And that was Coastal Carolina and Liberty. And at the time that we recorded, it was pretty well into the rumor mill. Everything going on that Liberty was going to have too many COVID issues to play. And then BYU was actually waiting into the wings. And instead of what fell through with Washington, they would actually be able to come play Coastal Carolina. And what we got was a game where college game day itself went and traveled to this game, then had to kind of switch gears and realize something else was going on. And honestly, a game that I think was a much better matchup was a hell of a lot more entertaining for sure. It was probably the best game of the weekend, which is why I want to start there. Um, But really it was also going to answer the question, what would happen 
at BYU. They got a powerful offense. They got great quarterback and Zach Wilson. What happens when they play a team that's got more of a pulse? Their only real test all season has been Boise State. Coastal Carolina's had a similar problem over in the Sun Belt. They played some decent teams, but it is teams that are ranked kind of because we're in this maybe weird little situation. They have played great football. Don't get me wrong. Their offense is incredibly fun to watch. So it was a real treat if you hadn't gotten to see their kind of option stylish offense. It's not quite spread, not quite triple option, but an offense that is very efficient when run right and can take the air out of the ball. And that's what they needed to do against BYU and what ended up being a 22 to 17 victory. Uh, This game had just about everything you would want in it all the way up to BYU somehow got involved in a halftime fight. This time they didn't start this one. Uh, There was a pick at the very tail end of the half and a little bit of a Hail Mary. And on the ensuing return, uh, Zach Wilson uh, got pancaked by quite two different people and uh, didn't let him up. It, it, it pretty much borders on the, yeah, that's a little bit dirty there. Rest let it go. Uh, BYU did not. So there was a little scuffle after halftime. Uh, the first half, there was a missed extra point. And then uh, really, Coastal just, they, they dominated as far as the time of possession went. It was it was not necessarily one of those games to where there were a whole lot of fireworks. Uh, BYU was able to put some quick points on the board uh, when they had the opportunity. But really, the game plan was simple. It was take the air out of the ball. Let's make sure that you take it out of BYU's hands as much as possible. They held the ball for a full 15 minutes, a full quarter more than BYU did. And and that was the only way they were going to win. And they, by God, they pulled it off. They had a, a great game. Uh, the quarterback for Coastal only had 85. Uh, Grayson McCall only had 85 yards passing. Uh, However, they did have 281 rushing yards on the ground. Uh, BYU's defense was good, but just not good enough. And at the very tail end, BYU had a little bit of time left. And I really wish Coastal had just gone for it because they were at midfield. Uh, But they felt like it was smarter to go ahead and punt instead of going for the win. Uh, ended up working out for them. Uh, they pinned BYU back, but uh, Zach Wilson marched them all the way down to the field. And on the last play of the game, tackle at the one yard line you literally cannot get a game any closer than that uh falls into the end zone just a little bit further and all of a sudden byu's got a walk-off victory on the road so anytime anywhere got put to the test and byu we had asked before you know shane uh was very dismissive of them Uh, i was not as much but i still didn't think they were in the contender category uh, as it involved the playoffs however i did think they would be able to put up quite the fight with coastal and honestly i would see them as the favorite team in this one uh eddie flat out said that he would expect byu to run away with it and that didn't happen in this one. Uh, so Coastal Carolina takes the big victory. So now they are 10 and 0. And we're going to see really now it's, it's what is the playoff committee going to do from here? Because Cincinnati is still in the group of five driver's seat right now, undefeated. And they're going to have their own title game in the near future coming up, most likely against Tulsa. I believe uh, that might actually be set in stone right now. Uh, let's see here. No, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I believe that is actually set in stone here from what I'm looking at because they have the week off from what I'm seeing. Uh, so should that game go into place, they will play Tulsa and then we'll see what happens there. It's very likely that unless Cincinnati is knocked off, we're not going to see Coastal uh, enter in the New Year's Six, but we never know what that playoff committee is going to do. They have a lot of questions in front of them right now, even though there's a lot of focus on the top four and what's going to happen for all the various playoff spots, uh, especially with the upcoming rematch between Notre Dame and Clemson because Clemson did end up going ahead and clinching their spot last week. Um, that's that's going to be the interesting part is really the, the kind of big unknown is, is that going to be enough to vault uh, Coastal up into competing with Cincinnati for that prestigious New Year's Six bid? So we won't know that until we end up doing the picks pod uh, over on Wednesday. See what happens. Uh, but really, hell of a season for Coastal. That was a hell of a game, hell of a way to win. Uh, just all kinds of fun all around. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch that game, and you, you may not have realized where it was because it was a, a, a game that College Game Day decided to show up to, and the game was on ESPNU. Not really something you typically see, uh, but a hell of a lot of fun regardless. Uh, so 
let's uh we're gonna go conference to conference just like we typically do um we'll start with the sec who pretty much uh wrapped everything up or at least alabama did on the the west and they absolutely dominated lsu 55 to 17 uh, just an absolute explosion. Um, Nick Saban, you could tell he wanted a little bit of revenge, especially after Coach O's comments uh, about, uh, you know, basically the, he used some very colorful language uh, in regards to Alabama and in recruiting. And, and so uh, Nick didn't forget. Uh, the score was 40. Let me make sure I'm doing the math right. Yeah, 45 to 14 at the half. Uh, how Bo Pelini is still going to keep a job at any point in time right now is beyond me. Uh, Mac Jones had four touchdown passes uh, in this one, nearly 400 passing yards. And uh, Devontae Smith had three touchdowns in the first half. It was just an absolute explosion. And it's it's an amazing fall from grace for LSU. Honestly, if you're an LSU fan at this point, you're just wanting the, the everything to be reset and to kind of get back to normal. And on the other side in the East, Florida basically wrapped things up as well as they take out Tennessee 31 to 19. The the Kyle to Kyle connection was still going again, where Kyle Trask continues uh, what is likely the Heisman front runner right now, probably along with maybe Justin Fields and uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, and the maybe for Fields, of course, is Ohio State just hasn't played as many games. Um but again, another offensive explosion uh, for Florida and Tennessee just wasn't able to keep up. And this is another case where the, the final really wasn't that close. It was the 12 points in the fourth quarter that actually made this thing a little bit closer. But it, it was pretty much over from about halftime on. Uh, and that's actually going to be a theme for a lot of these games is it was pretty over. If you can't tell from where we're going right now. Uh, but one of those games in the SEC that was not was number five, Texas A&M taking out Auburn 31 to 20 in a game to where uh, Auburn's ref luck ran out. Uh, there was a, a crucial moment and then everything seemed to fall apart afterwards where uh, there was a third down conversion, uh, but the pass very much looked incomplete wasn't even reviewed and then the next play a pick goes off of the hands of an Auburn defender and into the waiting arms of an Aggie receiver touchdown Aggies and it was it from there now that all being said look Auburn has had unbelievable ref luck and we we talked about it at the beginning of the season uh they definitely have two wins that really shouldn't be wins right now uh, so that five and four record is a little bit more precarious than is is actually standing out there uh this was uh Bo Nix was actually a better version of himself than we've seen in a long time in my opinion uh he's still you know very very got a lot of he's he's far from a perfect passer by any means but um he did not play the game that he needed to to be able to beat AM. Uh, he played well enough to make it interesting for a while, uh, but unfortunately, uh, the Aggies just had too much firepower, and towards the end, they were just shoving, I mean, absolutely shoving uh, Auburn's defense around, and, and that's been the other side of Auburn is that while the defense hasn't been awful, it hasn't been to that elite level that, you know, when I've watched Auburn games, because again, I got my family ties there. Um, it's not what I'm used to seeing from Auburn at all. Now they've had big plays. They've had turnovers and some pick sixes and scooping scores that have helped turn the tide around, but it still has looked very suspect overall. And I think the Aggie line really showed uh, what they could absolutely do there. Um, getting asked uh, about what Bo Nix's problem is. Honestly, uh, what it is right now is I just don't think he's a very accurate thrower. Now, uh, there could be a whole lot of things that's going into that. Uh, maybe it's the pace of the play that he's got to do. Uh, maybe he's trying a little too hard to be a little too perfect. That I don't know, but he is he's woefully inaccurate in this game alone. He also missed a wide open receiver uh, that could have scored a touchdown. And if I remember right on that drive, they had to settle for a field goal. So, again, it's not like that. That one call, you know, while they tapered off, uh, that wasn't the only thing that that made the difference in this game. Um, 
you know, he's he's been playing like a freshman really for the last two years. And that's actually kind of the problem is he's not really developing that much. The problems that happened in his freshman year are still present in his sophomore year. And it's one of those things where you're looking at and you're wondering, is this ever going to change? I mean, if you think about it from Irish perspective, uh, think about Brandon Wimbush. We were always waiting for him to turn the corner as well. And it just never happened. And then all of a sudden, that's why you have Ian Book now. It wasn't that Wimbush was awful. He had a lot of talent. Just for whatever reason, it just was not clicking. And a change had to be made. Uh, so right now in the Plains, man, it, it's very much a, I, I say it's it's very much a fire gust year. I feel like this might be the time to do it, especially when you say, you know what, that five and four record, that easily could be three and six. And if we're three and six, what kind of a conversation that we're having to we're having a totally different conversation right now. Uh, but what does make this interesting with both the Texas A&M and Florida having some pretty decent wins, while the Aggies are not going to be in the SEC championship picture, uh, it will be Alabama and Florida. So that is going to really kind of determine whether or not the SEC is going to get two spots. Uh, and there's starting to be a little bit of talk there. Of course, you would. Uh, it, it actually came up on a few different broadcasts. It's not like it was CBS kind of pushing this thing forward. I forgot what game I was watching. I'm like, yeah, I would absolutely think that Notre Dame's got to be Clemson or to have a chance for the playoff. I I debate that, but uh, the logic is, is that Florida is playing really good and you can kind of maybe forgive that A&M loss, which not really computing for me of how they could jump A&M and an Ohio State who we're going to get to here in a second. And then also Notre Dame as well. None of that just really computes in my mind. Uh, and this isn't me just wearing blue and gold glasses here. This is just I don't see the the logic that goes with that. Um, same thing for the Aggies. It's. Look, they, they played Alabama. It was not close. So you really want to run that back by sneaking them into the number four spot? Or are you all of a sudden going to convince yourself that they need to leapfrog people to get into three so you just don't run back the, the Bama matchup again? Again, that's stuff that isn't really quite making sense. But if Florida does end up knocking Alabama off, then you open up the entire can of worms of what you do with the SEC. So not that I think it's going to happen, especially with the way Alabama's playing football right now. They look like a murder machine and a half. Uh, that offense is flat scary. While the defense might have a couple question marks here and there, it's not like it's a, oh, God, this defense has got a bunch of holes in it. No, it just doesn't look like God tier. It, it looks somewhat human, but still superhuman. Um, and, and that's really the, the concern I have, at least when we're starting to have that conversation of, well, should other SEC teams get in? Now, you, you kind of answered that question already. Uh, so, of course, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, well, what does that mean with Notre Dame and Clemson? But we'll, we'll get to that in the second segment of the show. Uh, let's move on to the Big Ten. Uh, and this one will be real brief because there's only one real storyline here. Uh uh, well, I mean, there's a couple ones. Northwestern uh, actually got back on track. Uh, they have clinched uh, a spot for the title game. Um, actually, no, excuse me. Northwestern didn't didn't play. It was uh, Wisconsin that fell on their face. Uh, I, I don't know where I created the Northwestern win in my mind. So apologies for that. But uh, Wisconsin fell to Indiana 14 to 6. And mentioning that because Ohio State just curb stopped Michigan State 52 to 12. Now, there's one more game remaining, and as the current rules are set right now in the Big Ten, they got to play six games to be eligible. Now, the Hoosiers have had their shot at Ohio State and have lost, so that makes this next thing I'm going to say maybe a little bit easier to swallow. But because Michigan is having a lot of COVID issues and they're not allowed to resume practice until tomorrow, Monday, uh, today, perhaps if, when you're listening to the podcast. So that game is very much in flux. Not very sure if that's going to happen or not. So because this sport, quite frankly, is run by money and the really realistically, the only shot the Big Ten has at the playoff is Ohio State. They're up there at number four right now. They're probably going to remain at number four right now unless they do some kind of weird logic to bump Clemson down, which I still don't see. Uh Hey, that's that's not a Notre Dame problem, uh, or at least not in the immediate future. Uh, but basically, 
that's that's the real issue with Ohio State. And then there's a secondary issue of, well, what about the resume? Like I said, they beat Indiana, but that's really the only win they can hang their hat on right now. With a shortened schedule, with basically playing at most seven games, they really need to make an impression and play another team on the pulse. Even though Michigan State uh, jumped up and bit Northwestern in the ass the other week, that's still a very bad football team, even though they hilariously beat Michigan, which I will forever laugh and remember. Uh, but that is not a very good football team at all right now. So that's what you're looking at is that Ohio State, they need another skin on the wall. So that is probably why you will see the Big Ten decide to, oh, you know what? Um, that six game thing. Uh, who cares? No, that's fine. Uh, five, five, five's good. Five's good. Yeah. Um, please give us that playoff money. I uh, put Ohio State in. Uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But if the game does not happen between Ohio State and Michigan, I would all but expect uh, Ohio State to be granted the clemency to go ahead and uh, pants Northwestern in the Big Ten title game, which will be absolutely hilarious. It will be a bloodbath. And I would love if the playoff committee considered that a waste of a game, but it just is what it is right now. Again, we'll get a little bit more of a sense of what they think about Northwestern and the grand scheme of things when we see the playoff rankings, but I can't imagine it is all too high a picture. Uh, we'll move on to the big 12 who is finally rounding things out themselves as well. Iowa state has clinched a berth in the big 12 title game. First time since it happened since a year. I can't even remember right now, uh, but they were able to pull it off. They had a victory and uh, they are going to face OU. As far as I know, I don't think anything could go weird in that conference uh, to make that uh, go wonky in any direction. Uh, this will have no playoff implications unless all hell breaks loose. We still really haven't had a real blood week to speak of in the 2020 season, which is very odd and very concerning considering where we're heading. So there's a lot of hilarious things that could happen to where it's not a whole blood week where everything gets screwed up. But if it's going to happen, it's going to be some weird playoff shit like Michigan somehow beating Ohio State by a miracle or everybody falling on their face. And then somehow a Big 12 team sneaks in um, really honestly not seeing that, although um, like I said Iowa State had a, a solid win themselves. They beat West Virginia 42 to six was not even close. Uh, OU had a, a little back and forth ish with Baylor. It was a very weird, low scoring, ugly game. Uh, 27 to 14. They eventually pull away. Um, but I, I have this on one of my screens and I just keep watching. I'm like, what is going on here? Every time I would focus on the game, it just, did, did Baylor remember how to play defense for, for, uh, you know, against a, a solid offense? Did Oklahoma forget to play offense? Uh, it was a little bit of a mess. It was a clunker for OU. Got to win them. Uh, but really, right now, it feels like the Big 12 is only playing for that New Year's Six berth, which then brings us uh, to the Pac-12 because Oregon has lost yet again. Washington lost, which I did not see that one coming. Uh, they just, of all teams, to pants them. And if you go back, and I do encourage you, go back and listen to how confident Eddie and I were about picking Washington to cover in this game. Forget winning the game, covering this game. They weren't able to do it. Stanford beats them 21 to 26. And that leaves the last hope is Southern Cal, who had a game tonight, Sunday night of all nights. 38 to 13 was the final there. They just absolutely pants Wazoo. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had four touchdowns in one freaking quarter. Just absolute absurdity <laughs> but um I, I don't i still don't see how the pac-12 gets in though uh you have even less games being played in the pac-12 than the big 10 and sc as of right now is in the 20th spot i i just don't see them rising that much and and really the pac-12 being done any favors by the committee just there's no signature wins the entire conference looks like a mess if SC is the cream of that crop, it is not a great crop to be on top of whatsoever. So sucks to be them. My heart breaks for you Trojans, maybe next year. Um, and of course, now we go to our conference with benefits, the ACC, where everything folded nice and neat. 
to get. I mean, you knew that you had the promos ready and they were running when the fourth quarter was underway. That was when Clemson took out Virginia Tech 45 to 10. There was a small moment in time to where this game looked competitive and sprinklers were going off and maybe we're going to get some kind of craziness going. And Clemson just did what they typically do, and they beat an inferior team. Virginia Tech is an absolute mess right now, but what was not happening, uh, was not helping, is that they had two quarterbacks go down in this game. And their third stringer was in the transfer portal, bringing in the fourth-string quarterback. That is not a formula to beat Clemson by any stretch of the imagination. Defense couldn't keep up. It was it was a laugher. And even though uh, Trevor Lawrence... Uh, did not have one of his best games. He was 12 for 22, 195 yards, one touchdown. And uh, Travis ATN was also a little slow out of the gates as well. It was, if I remember right, uh, the broadcast was saying it was his third game in a row uh, where he was held under 100 yards. Uh, he only got 66 for this one. There seems to be some kind of book out on the kid right now. Um, and and really, they were talking about like the strategy to defeat Clemson. And it was sellout beat the run. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has got a cannon for an arm, but unless those receivers are just wide open, it's not exactly a guaranteed make because those are low percentage throws. Even though Trevor Lawrence has higher percentage than others, they're far from automatic. Um, And the other weird part of this game was that they called Ian. Ian Book got to have a little time to chit-chat. That's how entertaining this game was, was to bring Ian Book on a Zoom call to chat about what was going on, about the rematch, and everything else uh, with the ACC championship game. And this kid just got done playing Syracuse a couple hours ago. So, a hilarious moment there. Um, I forgot to mention Lawrence had interception too, so he did look a little bit more human. Uh, And that sets the stage sets the stage for Notre Dame and Clemson, but Notre Dame had to take care of one more opponent, and that was Syracuse. We'll talk about that game as well as a little bit of an early look at the ACC championship game right after this. Loyal listeners, as we head into the holiday season, I want to remind you of a charity effort that I do outside of HLS called Gaming for Avon. This is done in honor of a young man who fought against leukemia, but ultimately lost his battle at the age of two. So help me support the Blake Shelton Cancer Research Fund, which supports the hospital where Avon received care, the Children's Hospital Foundation of Oklahoma City. You could do that by going to extralife.ndtext.com. Again, that is extralife.ndtext.com ndtext.com and you can find out more details there including additional streaming efforts that have just a little bit more fun to make your donations well worth it again get those donations in extralife.ndtext.com for the kids for avon All right, we are back, and it is time to do the heavy, heavy Notre Dame side of the show, and that is to talk about the 45-21 to 21 victory over the Syracuse Orange, closing out another undefeated regular season for the Irish. It's all postseason play now, and again, it just goes to show this team how good they are. It was an annoying game. Like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't one of those games where I I just wanted this to be a laugher. I wanted the backups to be in for an entire half. I wanted everybody to get some rest. I didn't want booking by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. The seniors did get their moments. We did get to see some backups in there. Uh, And I actually got to call a Chris Tyree long home run touchdown. Uh, I didn't get a chance to pull the audio, but it's in there. Listen, last Wednesday, it's in there. Eddie remembered. I actually forgot, but it's in there. So go go make sure to check out the pick spot. But anyways, Notre Dame, it was really the first time this season that you could take a look and know that the stadium's devoid of energy. The team is pretty much looking ahead and everything just kind of felt flat, like for a full quarter and a half. It just felt flat. And when when that happens at home, you know, you get a big player too, and that's that's the time for the crowd to really pick you up. And and the students are always the most enthusiastic part of the crowd. So don't think I'm like dragging staff and faculty who it looked like they were able to bring their families uh, and, and be able to enjoy their own respite after going through a hellacious semester themselves. Like they, they were there to relax and enjoy the game, not to be 
on their feet, going crazy, probably coming in with a little bit of liquid courage to be able to be as loud as possible. There's no band. There's nobody to sing along to. It was just all super weird. And the team, you, you can feel it. Like, this is the last... I mean, one thing we don't talk about as much is the the negative side of the emotional aspect beyond the fact, oh, well, they're just young kids. They make mistakes. No, like the, the college football game, is, it rides on emotion so much. And we always focus on how the crowd can intimidate or, you know, pull you up and, and drive you forward. But one of the things that you don't consider often is that, look, this is the last game for many players in the stadium. You know, there, a lot was made about Ian Book as well. It should. He's never lost in the stadium. He became the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, which is absolutely incredible. And as I, I said on Twitter, when Tommy had like the senior day post that it, it's kind of incredible um, that you have a, a school that's got the history of Joe Montana, who came in off the bench and just did nothing but win. God tier hero for the Irish. Then he got Book and it's like, eh. The dude, and then you're like, oh wait, shit, he hadn't lost. Uh, but you, so you got that, and senior day is happening, and it's something that you look forward to. Your teammates look forward to as well, because I mean, those guys are as much of a family as as it's, it's their home away from home. I mean, that's who they spend their time with, and especially in these trying times, you that that's all they can spend time with is them on the practice field. Otherwise, they're just going home and sitting around. And there, there's not much going on. Um, and so you got that. You don't get to have your run out with your parents. You you don't get to hear your name over the PA, hand off a flower to your mom, get big hugs and just have that emotional high. Everybody in the stadium, 80,000 strong cheering for you. You know, it's the moment you built up for and it's just not there. And then on top of that, the campus has been dead. There's been no classes. It has been as much of a job as it possibly can be. And I think about my own mental state right now, because uh, with me having asthma, I've been super, super careful with everything. My, my kids are, are, well, my oldest is doing a virtual kindergarten. Uh, my youngest, not in daycare. He's here. Um, I'm only in the office when I'm absolutely required to be in there by my job. And I stay home as much as possible. I go out for groceries and to pick up some food. And that's really it. I mean, I, I don't go see people. I don't have people come see us. It's uh, it's just that's that's it. It's it's the same thing every day. And at least when you had students on campus and you're going to class, you you may not have the same feel of a regular college year, but there's still you get a buzz around game day. I mean, it, that stuff's not going to disappear just because things are a little bit different. But when nobody's there, when you're not having to go on campus, when you're the only one in your dorm room, for instance, that that's the kind of stuff that wears on you. And it really looked like it wore on these guys that they, they had finally hit the end of a long slog. And yeah. And, and, and Magilla, the killer he, in our chat points out, and I, I did know that there were videos and such. I mean, that's it. You had the videos on the jumbotron. That's, that's really hard to have the same kind of juice and that same emotional juice on senior day. Now they found it. They did find it. They eventually uh, got to it. They scored 21 points in the second quarter and didn't look back. And look, BK, yeah, he had a halftime speech go dominate the third quarter. They they didn't, but they found enough, and they almost fucked around and covered this game. Uh, they gave up a, a couple defensive just boneheaded plays, and look, get them out of the way now. Get them out of the way against Syracuse, because you know who else did? Clemson. I know it feels like forever ago. But Clemson faced Syracuse at home. Remember, same situation. Final score of that game, 47 to 21. That was with a healthy Trevor Lawrence. So that's really the weird weirdness there. It's it's you got a, a team that was at full strength. You didn't have a whole bunch of you had subbing on the offensive line. This was the first game where it finally looked like it was falling apart. You had the fumbled snap. It was sloppy. There was a lot of turnovers in this game. We had um, four total fumbles by Syracuse. Three of them lost two fumbles 
by no oh excuse me only one fumble by notre dame uh and that was the the botch snap uh book finally threw an interception uh he had a gigantic streak going that finally fell apart but through it all through all that the emotional downturn having knowing i mean and, and the other thing is look even though they know the national titles there they knew this team knew they were not losing to syracuse and there was not a moment I thought we were going to lose to Syracuse. I was just highly annoyed that it took so long for us to take a big lead on them. But at the end of the day, this team knew they weren't losing to Syracuse. They knew the ACC championship game was on the horizon. And more importantly, they knew a national title is staring them right in the face right now. Look, it's human nature. They're going to have a hard time getting up for games. Yeah, if you really want to blame coaching, sure, have at it. But also make sure you have added at Dabo and Brent Venables, too, who also had fits with the Syracuse crew for whatever reason. It could be because it's just a blistering no huddle. Maybe they just Syracuse can only come with the the energy that is needed against the top teams. Uh, and this one, Rex Culpepper finally got himself a start. Uh, so he was he was trying to it was their Super Bowl. God, if you were playing a drinking game, if it was their Super Bowl, you I hope your hospital bill wasn't too bad because you definitely got alcohol poisoning. Um, but I mean, that that's just the way things were. But Notre Dame still came out on top. It was comfortable. It was not in doubt. And, and now you got the focus to the hardware. But before we, we do that, I really want to talk about a couple different things in this game. One is, again, Kyron Williams and the way that this this line played. And this line has, they've been down people. They've had to shift around, figure some different stuff out. It is really hard to gel as an offensive line. And, and, and you hear this from every like color commentator, uh, probably podcaster or beat reporter, that it's real hard to make those changes and just be expect you're good. And I've been, I'm a fan of the Dallas Cowboys and the entire offensive line is wrecked on the Cowboys. And, and, and it happened weeks and weeks at a time. And it's just never gotten better because it, they never get a chance to gel because somebody else gets hurt. That's just the way things are going right now. Uh, so it, it sucks that, I mean, Notre Dame will get at least hopefully one back for the ACC title game. Uh, they're still not going to have Patterson, which is kind of, you know, uh, they always call him the quarterback of the line. It's it, it's always weird when somebody goes down. It's always they're always the fucking quarterback of whatever. Oh, though this person and it was in the Clemson game. Well, this person's quarterback of the defense. Now, not that I'm trying to say Patterson sucks. He probably was calling a lot of protection coverages. I just find it hilarious that anytime somebody gets injured, it's always the fucking quarterback of whatever unit it is. Just random aside, um, but. Despite all that, this team still got damn near 300 rushing yards. And one of those was a 94 yard run by Chris Tyree, who finally, you could see it last week. And the reason why I made the prediction was I knew Syracuse defense was, eh, it wasn't that great. It's, it's not completely awful. Their offense is what's freaking dog shit. Um, you know, but the defense has plenty of holes in them. And I knew that if Tyree, cause he, he had busted a couple, you started to see that burst again. And I knew if he could just find a hole and he gets that burst, there wasn't anybody on that Syracuse team that could catch him. That's where we saw it there. But Kyron Williams, I mean, I don't know how many more just superlatives we can give this dude. He's a hoss when it comes to blitz pickups. He finally missed one in this game. Uh, but, uh, he, he just has such great vision, such great patience. He gets another hundred plus yard game. He goes over a thousand yards on the season. Uh, and, and if if you ever wonder if, if, if players kind of count their stats, you, you could tell he knew he finally went over a thousand. Uh, so it was it was great for him uh, to be able to uh, actually get that to see an Notre Dame running back grab that, especially in a shortened season to do it in 10 games. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. It has been awesome to watch Williams and Tyree be the one to punch the season. Uh, and there's, we, we even got to see, uh, I'm going to butcher this poor kid's name, but we even got to see a uh, Cameron. Uh, God, see a con, a Aki. I think I got a Aki. I hope. Uh, he even got uh, three different carries, uh, only got a yard, but got himself some playing time. Um, we got a little bit of quarter that the quarterbacks were just handing it off, but you got to see uh, more quarterbacks come into the game. And it was really easy to forget that there were ever struggles. Uh, 285 yards of the air for Ian Book. Uh, J Javon McKinley. I mean, he 
had a 111 yard game and it could have been more. He he dropped one pass. Well, I mean, there's some good defense we play, but it's one we expect him to bring down. Uh, but he was uh, this week's uh, if I catch the ball, it might be a touchdown because he got three on seven receptions. Skoranek almost had 100 yards. He had 71. Uh, Michael Mayer, even though he made a very dumb, dumb freshman mistake on fourth down, deciding to run backwards instead of just fall forward and go get the first down uh, and fall past the sticks. He had himself a solid game, too. There is such an embarrassment of riches on this team. It is so much fun to watch this offense, and it's just been humming. And Shane and I mentioned it last week that you could tell Ian Book just has this immense amount of confidence right now. And he feels like he can do no wrong, even though he he finally did something wrong in this game. Uh, but he was actually victimized by a lot of drop passes and and some real like dumb dumb plays that ended up killing drives. Uh, but really, you, you can't ask much more out of Ian out of this offense and the defense. Look, here's what I'm going to say about this defensive performance. Y'all did an excellent job of trying to throw the set off Clark Lee's trail. You, you don't want a coach that gives up 21 points to Syracuse, do you? No, 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 no. Just let him stay here. He still needs to figure some different things out. So, I mean, this is 3D chess by an owner name right now. Uh, absolutely applauded. Uh, just please don't do this shit like for the other games you're going to play. Anyways, so this leads us to talking about really what anybody cares about. It's not really rehashing. Notre Dame and Syracuse It is what lies ahead. And that is Notre Dame versus Clemson part two, this time assuming assumedly with Trevor Lawrence, uh, who was out last time due to COVID-19 this time he'll, he'll be available. There's still some injuries around the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. Not too sure how many they're going to get back. Obviously Notre Dame's coming in a little banged up on the offensive line. So both these teams have their own issues, have their own injuries. Uh, but man, I am ready for an absolute banger of a game. I got the old hostile takeover shirt right now that the NWO tribute that's up on our, her little slash store. I'm excited for it. I want to, I want to win this title and I want to just fucking run off with it and to do it by beating Clemson twice would just be absolutely incredible because you beat Clemson twice, despite the murder machine that Alabama is. You might just hop them. I mean, at this point, look, they were the number one team in the nation. Now they're number three. I don't see them moving very far. If you beat a top five team twice, a team that everybody assumes still, still assumes, even though what happened and even though DJ Uyangalele looked just fine. It didn't look like they were missing Trevor Lawrence that much. He looked just fine. He was awesome. Despite all that, it's still like, yeah, well, um, it's going to be a split, and probably both teams will, will get into the playoff. And, and really, uh, it, it does actually kind of make sense. One team got one picked up, another team picked another up. Hey, have a rubber match. Let's see what happens now. Best of three. I'd be fine with it. In this season, it actually makes some sense. Sucks for somebody like a Cincinnati to kind of get knocked out of there, but honestly, them's the breaks. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati, uh, they're a fun football team to watch. They're a good football team. I don't think they could take out anybody in the top four right now. Um, but that's that's what we're looking forward to. It's really don't embarrass yourself, and you're probably in the playoff. I mean, if only a, a few points separates these two teams twice, it's going to be really hard to – the only way you get to knock one of these teams out is in two different ways. One is the nightmare scenario if you're an Irish fan. Trevor Lawrence comes out, blows the doors off of you. You get your pants pulled down in front of the nation. And it's very clear or quote unquote clear. You got lucky. Lawrence wasn't there. You actually don't belong here. Sorry. Try again next year. Or Notre Dame wins and it's well, Clemson. You had two shots at Notre Dame. You tried two different quarterbacks. You're out of excuses now. Later, you try next year. Hey, this is weird. You're out of the playoff. Well, sucks to be you. Let's let somebody else in. Those are really the only two scenarios I see 
uh, where something like that happens. Uh, and obviously that means Clemson has a hell of a lot more to lose than Notre Dame does, uh, because even another close game, I'm not sure you can say, Hey, Notre Dame, you might have to face Clemson a third time this season uh, to, to get over the hump and get a national title. Let's look, if that's what happens, sure. Notre Dame Clemson three will still be a lot of fun. Um, but in college football, you just don't get a whole lot of extra chances. That's not how this game works. So uh, that's really what I'm, I'm expecting. Uh, I expect the Irish to be an underdog. I am comfortable in that. I am terrified and shitless in the game. Uh, but it is the matchup I wanted to see. I wanted to see Notre Dame face Trevor Lawrence. We all wanted to see it last time around. And we know that Notre Dame go toe-to-toe with these guys. Travis ATN wasn't shit when we played him. Now, DJ Uyonglele, he got his. He had a lot of passing yards. God, did they make him throw the ball like crazy. And now Trevor Lawrence will be the one having to do that. Mr. Heisman front runner, most likely. Hey, hell, he's so good. The Jets called an absolutely suicidal all-out blitz to make sure they blew their game today. That's how good this guy is. So that's why everybody is, is positive, just positive. Notre Dame is finally going to fall on their face, even despite everything that's happened right now. They beat North Carolina. Oh, upset pick. Easy. Uh, the Boston College one. Hey, that's another upset pick. Uh, you know, it happened in 93. It's going to happen again. Oh, well, they're going to play Clemson. They're going to get knocked out. Just, just like that always happens in a big game. Notre Dame's going to fail. And now yet again, it's, oh, well, it can't happen twice. Lightning won't strike twice. Not with this team. Y'all keep on doubting us. Y'all keep on doing it because it's a hell of a lot of fun to be the underdog where by all intents and purposes, this should be a toss-up matchup. So I'm really interested to see what the eventual spread will be in this game. Vegas has got a couple weeks to figure it out. But just like Ian Book has been for his entire fucking career, he's only lost three damn games. One of them's to Clemson. He got, and he's beaten them now. I, you can't ask for much more. This team's going to come hungry. This team got the weirdness out of the way. They had a weird-ass game against Louisville. They had a weird-ass game against Syracuse. They won both of them. And there really wasn't a whole lot of doubt that Notre Dame was going to actually win those games. Where, on the other hand, Clemson almost got pantsed by Boston College and had to come all the way back in this one to win. The Syracuse one, yeah, they had some issues. We all got to have a little bit of raised eyebrows, but eventually it, it turned out just like this game did with Notre Dame. So I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of talk about it, I'm sure, because there's only going to be so much to recap. Uh, as long as, as Shane is able to come back, uh, we'll definitely uh, get his opinions on it. I'll, I'll make sure we have somebody to chit chat and talk about it. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And this is the ride you want to sign up for. Not necessarily that it makes a whole lot of sense to be in a conference because, um, this does kind of suck that you got to go play the other team again and they get another shot. Not only that, they get another shot and get their star back. Uh, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I'll be happy to take out Clemson twice because I'll put that resume up against anybody in the nation, including uh, absolutely terrifying Alabama, because if we beat North Carolina, we beat Clemson twice. I'm sorry. That's the best team in the nation. And you can fucking light up Grace Hall uh, and take that shit to the bank with you. But two weeks, we get a bye. Thanks to Dabo's bitching. Uh, Notre Dame and Wake is not happening, uh, as is Clemson and Florida State. So both these teams are going to get rested. They will be at their absolute best. It is going to be by far the most anticipated game of the weekend. Uh, and it's going to get second. The SEC championship game is going to get second billing. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen these days right now because typically it's the only time we're just like, well, let's see, maybe somebody could maybe take out Alabama. And that's typically what goes on. But this time around, it's, hey, we've seen this before. Holy shit, we get to see it again. I know ESPN has just been pissing themselves over getting a chance to call this one since it will be on ABC. Uh, 3 p.m. in God's time zone, 4 p.m. over on the East Coast. Two weeks from now, it's oh, it's going to be banger. I can't wait. And I'm glad I don't have to do a live stream this time around to do reactions for it. Well, that being said, there is only one more thing to do. And that is to talk about the sim. All righty. So 
If you will remember, Notre Dame fucked up royally in that Syracuse game. It was bad. It was an absolute nightmare. And that knocked Notre Dame out of the ACC championship game unless, unless by some miracle, either Clemson lost or North Carolina lost. A few of y'all hung around on the Sims, so you know this, but for everybody else that didn't hang around for the bonus coverage here on twitch.tv slash little sons, there are your scores. The ones that matter. Clemson held on against Virginia Tech. This game went to the wire in the fourth quarter, but Virginia Tech just did not have enough juice. Clemson survives 24 to 14 win the sim ACC regular title regular season crown and then there was Miami who was going toe-to-toe with North Carolina and with just 26 seconds left scores a game-winning touchdown 24 to 23 your final uh, and Irish fans became fans of a fake ass virtual Miami team and that game puts Notre Dame and Clemson on track, and I, I didn't fuck around with this. There is tape over on twitch.tv slash Sons. I actually made specific highlights of it. Uh, just absolutely incredible. I thought for certain we were going to have to stick with the bit and call a North Carolina Clemson title. Thankfully, that did not happen, so everything is right in the world. Your other scores, Boston College 45, Virginia 31, Florida State 28, Duke 17, NC State 45, Georgia Tech 14, Louisville 41, Wake Forest 38. And of course, we know Notre Dame falls to Miami 31 to 16, but it didn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. On a bye this week was Pitt. So let's go see those final ACC standings. And there you go, y'all. Clemson and Notre Dame at the top. An 8 and 3 team surviving at 8 and 2 in conference because North Carolina dropped one more. Uh, for those of you on Twitch, uh, you can see the rest of uh, the rankings. I don't think any of us really care that much. And uh, I will give the injury reports as they matter for Clemson going into the matchup uh, because I actually need to do a little bit more math and figure out who actually comes back with Clemson. So that is why I do not know right now. Uh, but yes, that is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you for everyone that managed to last through for this long. I'm glad my own voice managed. All of a sudden, I started to get a little tired through this. I haven't done like the the near uh, like 45, 50 minute monologues in a long ass time. Uh, I, I've been spoiled by having some good co-hosts with me. Uh, and I will definitely have one back. Eddie and I will be, we're still tied. And we're still battling for that extra $100 donation over to my Extra Life campaign over at GameAndFraven.com or ExtraLife.NDTex.com ways you can get there uh so we'll be back then the sim will be taking the week off uh there will be no other show uh i'm actually not sure if i'm gonna have any other personal streams or anything going on uh, i think it may just be time for a little bit of a break so wednesday we will have picks sunday we will have some kind of a show uh it's gonna be a little bit of recap and a whole lot of talking notre dame clemson to preview the rematch that uh i just can't wait for but uh, y'all the end of the tunnels here. We are almost there. Let's enjoy the rest of it while it lasts. And thank you, everybody, that showed up over on twitch.tv slash for loyal sons. But make sure you also subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you have to get your podcast feeds at. Please come join us in Discord, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at herloyalsons.com. Take care, y'all, and as always, go Irish, be COVID, beat Tigers. Y'all have a good one.